Welcome to the Kaiju Hi. Transmissions Podcast. As always, I am your host, Kyle Bird. With me is my co-host... Matt Parmley. Hi. Hi, Kyle. Hi. And um, I'm going to be upfront about something right now. We're uh, taking a lateral move into the Star Wars universe. Why? We'll talk about why. And uh, should we still be doing this? <laughs> After uh, <laughs> the most recent Star Wars movie fell flat on its face. We'll get to that as well. But, Matt, I got, you know, I, there's sometimes I just can't hang with you. And it's because, I mean, be honest here. You don't know about no Star Wars. Yeah, man, I'm you one of the weird ones that, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a casual Star Wars fan. I like Rogue One more than The Force Awakens and more than Last Jedi. You don't know that Star Wars life. <laughs> Me, I grew up that Star Wars life. I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, what's Bane say in the Batman movie? I was molded by it. Oh my gosh. Well, well luckily for you, we have a guest of honor yeah. on the show that we knows had to far call, more about Star yeah, Wars. We had to call in backup, because I couldn't be doing this by myself with this fool here. This ig- Star Wars ignorant ass fool. So I brought in fellow Star Wars fan and composer of the Kaiju Transmissions theme music, which you can find on uh, the Cosmic Monster Bandcamp page, right? Is it Bandcamp? Are you on Bandcamp? Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. Uh, that is Chris. He's been on the show many times, um, usually mourning a dead uh, star or director or something, but that's not well. <laughs> Maybe we're mourning a dead franchise. <laughs> uh, okay, that was mean. Okay, Chris, say hi to everybody. Hi to everybody. And we are uh, yeah. talking about the wars, and I do love me some Star Wars. Uh, so the original plan for this um, was to precede the release of the Han Solo spinoff. Uh, you know, everybody loves Han Solo, most popular Star Wars character probably outside of Darth Vader. And Disney, they just said, you know, there's no way people won't turn out for a Solo movie. And uh, the opportunists that we are, we're like, hey, we've put out Star Wars adjacent episodes for the last few movies. Let's do it again. Hooray, it'll be great. Uh, but no one saw that movie, man. No, it, no, that movie cost like $300 million because they made it twice. Uh, and then it opened at something like $84 million. Uh, so no one saw that movie, uh, which means no one's going to listen to this, probably. I feel like this happens... Uh, the only reason we ever bothered to talk about the Transformers movies was because there was a new one coming out, and those damn things always made money for no reason, and then that one bombed. The first one that bombed is the one that we had an episode for. It's just karma. Um, but let's talk about Star Wars. Now, uh, Chris, you are a Star Wars, uh, fanatic. Am I wrong? Yes. I, I'm not an encyclopedia like I am with Kaiju, but I been uh, I, I put it this way i have the giant 24 pound ralph Macquarie book to a series two book set that i'm staring at right now <laughs> and that is that's it's just star wars porn so so yeah. um you're a little younger than me was your first first exposure to the uh star wars was it the special editions no, I saw them pre-special edition on VHS. Okay. Uh, and then I saw the special editions in theaters. 
got them on VHS and proceeded to watch them over and over and over again. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm in a similar boat. I I I'd seen them on TV. Um, I don't know if I saw any of them from beginning to end, but every time they were on TV, you know, sci-fi or whatever, I would always have them on. Um, but yeah, I think the first time I sat down from beginning to end and just watched them was the special editions. And yeah, I mean, was a kid, I collected all the toys and I loved them. And then, um, uh, the prequels came out now again, you're a little younger than me. Do you have any memories of the prequels, uh, in their theatrical run, especially maybe Phantom Menace? I'm not that much younger than you, but yes, I, for Phantom Menace, I remember many trips to Taco Bell trying to collect these things to win money. Uh, and <laughs> I had all the Taco really Bell toys, toys for the yeah. um, for the special editions. Now I was, um, let's see, that was '99. I was yes. 14 when the Phantom Menace came out, so I was still like dumb. You know, I mean, that's the me that was, like, excited about, like, the Emmerich Godzilla and stuff, so I don't think I ever liked it as much as the originals, but I was like, oh, yeah, it was pretty good, you know? Um, And I think the first time I saw a Star Wars movie and was like, wait, I think this might not be good, (laughs) was Attack of the Clones. And then, of course, now... Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, now I look back at episode one and I'm just like, ugh. Um... But I, I, I did kind of, uh, I was old enough to realize it wasn't a great movie, but I did, and still do, think Revenge of the Sith is a fun movie. Well, I think that what's interesting is they, they served a purpose in the world of filmmaking, which was pushing technology forward. The one that feels the most like a, a, a real-life movie is The Phantom Menace, because it, it has real life, a lot of real-life sets. Um, I think there are actors in it, uh, as opposed to the others, which are a lot more green screen, but something that might actually steer this back into the trajectory of being kind of relevant for this podcast, there is a metric ass load of miniatures in the prequel films. The pre- yeah, I was um, actually just reading, uh, stuff like that, uh, another day. The prequels actually had more miniatures built than the original trilogy. Yeah, they were just shot digitally, and I guess it's the color grading just made everything look, like, really awkward. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, like, I know um, the Peter Jackson, King Kong, and Lord of the Rings movies did the same thing. Like, they had a ton of miniatures, but yeah, they, you know, it's at one point, at some point you're laying over it with so much digital stuff, you can't really, really tell. But no, that that's cool. A lot of people don't know that. Um, so... Uh, what? Uh, how would you rank the Star Wars movies? You got to have a ranking. Yeah. It's not like Godzilla, where there's like a hundred you got to memorize. Like, yeah, and you have to yeah, top five this, top <laughs> yeah. five this. No, um, I mean, number one is going to have to be either a New Hope or Empire. It just depends on the mood that I'm in. Uh, below that, it's tied for the Last Jedi and Return of the Jedi. I think The Last Jedi has a lot more subtext to chew on, and as a film is a lot deeper. Return of the Jedi is just pure enjoyment, though. Um, after that, uh, probably mm, Force Awakens. Uh, but this is where it starts to get really tough, because I'm, I'm, I was really not into Rogue One very much. I was really not into Solo very much, and the prequels are the prequels. So... <laughs> Uh, 
I, I honestly, I don't know. They're all, all just kind of a jumbled mess with Attack of the Clones being far at the bottom. Okay. And Solo being maybe... Uh, I Yeah, it's tough. It's a real murky below that point. Uh, okay, I would say Empire, New Hope, Jedi, Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rogue One... Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. So we agree Attack of the Clones is just awful. It is. It is. I mean, uh, Phantom Menace at least has, you know, Duel of the Fates and, you know, a cool big lightsaber battle. And, and man, Attack of the Clones has an old-ass Christopher Lee fighting a freaking Sonic the Hedgehog Yoda. (laughs) Does have, the one thing I do like is the the James Bond plot with Obi Wan Kenobi. That's one thing I will say was I actually really did like about it. The one thing. Um. So yeah. So what's? I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do now. It sounds like the Boba Fett movie is still moving forward. But what I mean, I didn't mind. I don't mind Disney owning Star Wars. The problem is. You know, I'm like, oh, uh, you know, they're they'll make some movies and reap all the benefits of the merch. But now it's like, no, we're gonna be like how we do the Marvel stuff and put out a movie every year. But like, I mean, with Marvel at least, it's like, okay, it's based on comic books. I mean, to keep up with Marvel comic books, you're reading like a hundred things a week. You know, uh, there's seventy plus years of history or whatever. And with Star Wars, it really doesn't feel like there's a reason. <laughs> to put out a Star Wars movie every year. And I remember when Force Awakens came out, I was like, this is the last Star Wars movie that is going to be a true cultural phenomena with all these years of buildup and, and you know, this generational kind of like, oh, well, I mean, people who saw the prequels, you know, are starting to have kids and they can bring their kids to these. Like, that, that's over now. I disagree. I think The Last Jedi proved otherwise because I've never seen such backlash from a movie in my entire life. It was Um, pretty crazy, um, the way it just... I don't remember the last movie on that scale. (laughs) Because when I say I don't remember the last movie that did that, I'm like, okay, Shin Godzilla. But again, that was a small release here in the States. But, I mean, Star Wars, the biggest franchise ever. But you're right. I mean, it was either you loved it or you hated it. And I, I thought it was okay. I like the movie, but I'm not falling in either camp. So, like, I feel like some kind of freak in that I'm not screaming at every, someone about how they're wrong about The Last Jedi. I mean, you are a freak, but that's, you know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, for me, is I think it's, I think it's an extraordinarily well-made movie, Star Wars or not. And I hope people are going to be like, no, it's not, and have 20 things to argue with. Um, I actually just recorded an episode for my podcast um, the other day on Solo and The Last Jedi and the fandom response and everything. But what I think that's actually unique is I think the the episode movies are actually cultural touchstones because they are very reflective of what's going on in society. Um, it, there's a lot that I'm, I can dive mm-hmm. into with subtext and, and over-analysis and all of that. Solo is a safe bet antidote for everybody who just wants things happening on screen that are Star Wars-y. And the next one that comes out actually has a span of time. This is just antidote for everybody who hated The Last Jedi. Mm. 
Um, so what, uh, well, I mean, do you think that Star Wars movies in general, like, do you think they lose some of their luster when, you know, you know you have one every year? I think you lose a luster, they lose luster when they're not any good. Well, that too. I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, like that, it's, it's a Godzilla fan and the movies come out like, you know, once every couple of years for a while. And now it's, I don't understand that complaint, but go ahead. Well, I mean, that's I mean, what. I mean, that was always the biggest problem with the Godzilla movies is they insisted on doing one movie every year, and then you know you look at what they did with Gamera with Daye. It's like here's what happens when you actually take time and don't rush well, it. They don't. Well, care that's about what you quality. mean. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I just thought you meant the frequency of uh, of movies being like the overall issue, not the production time. Well, I mean, I don't want a Godzilla movie every year. Hell, we're getting, what, like, three movies or four movies in two years or something crazy shit? Those aren't movies. Those are napping sessions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've not successfully watched Planet of Monsters without sleeping. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Three times, I think. It's interesting because I never... You know, I never needed a Han Solo prequel. And then all the -the behind-the-scenes hubbub that happened, and then the trailers didn't really sell me... But I was still like, okay, I love Star Wars, I'm gonna see it. But then, you know, I was out of town when it came out, and then when I came back, everyone that, I, that did see it was like, eh, you know, it's... it's. The, best, the best reactions I got were, eh, it's fine. And the worst reactions were like, oh, it was terrible. And so it's like, eh, I, like, now that it's out, my motivation to see it is, like, gone. I mean, I, I'll check it out The production point, design but... is really, 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 really good. I can yeah. say that much. Just as the film technical filmmaking, like here's a bunch of creatures and stuff, even though it's like the cinematography is really dark and murky. I love seeing stuff on screen. I mm-hmm. love seeing something as stupid as Therm Scissor scissor punch or whatever <laughs> right. which is like the best name ever and he looks like he's a, an Ultraman kaiju, yeah. you know. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's just like my interest was already low, and now I'm like, eh, so I don't know. I mean, maybe when it comes to, like, the dollar theater or something, I'll check it out. Or if I'm just really bored, you know, some night this week, next week, or whatever. The, the whole thing about this is they're going to – it's – everybody wants to emulate Marvel, and they want to make that money. And Star Wars obviously has some cachet, but now you're seeing the lack of interest when you get outside of – I mean, I mean, like, if, if, if Solo does this poorly, how is – but, but I mean, how's the Fed movie going to do, right? Like, how how is that going to perform? Because I can't imagine people are going to be that interested in that character when like Han Solo is not even selling that much tickets. Well, I think is Han Solo. Literally, the movie is everything Han Solo mentions about his past happens in three days. The movie, <laughs> um, but the difference is this is coming out right on the heels of the Last Jedi, which was a big event movie because it. This was the one that had even more speculation than the Force Awakens. Because The Force Awakens was like, here's a soft reboot, question mark, to be continued. And this was, here's continued, and everything that everybody wanted to happen didn't happen. It was its own thing, and it basically said, all right, here's here's every, here's the end of what you know as Star Wars. Let's see what happens moving forward. Um, and this is nothing else but then a... But just here, here's a summer, a summer movie, Star Wars movie. And it was meant to be a fun, lighthearted thing. Obviously, when you get the Lego movie directors in there, and when they tried to make it too fun and lighthearted and playing fast and loose with Lawrence Kasdan's script, you bring in Mr. Milktoast, Ron Howard. And then you make sure that that is that's a movie that, that is definitely not going to stand out. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's kind of Ron Howard's M.O. I don't, I don't think he's a bad director, but it's just like, if you need a movie that's competent enough 
and that, but also bland enough to not offend anybody, you call Ron Howard. Oh yeah, that is that is that is the milk the milkiest of the toast. <laughs> where, where I think the most interesting things in Star Wars that have happened outside of well, I mean, I I love the Last Jedi and I really like the Force Awakens for for their own reasons, but I think some of the more interesting works have been the animated stuff, uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. I think the creativity and unique storytelling and just the quality of work is a, a kind of a it's a different thing because it's a different medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the heights of the Clone Wars are some of the best writing that are. I think it's better than at least half of the movies. Yeah. Um, and I think the odd thing about watching the Clone Wars is it actually makes the prequels better. Yeah, you understand what's actually happening, too. Um, yeah, and this is actually the centerpiece. And you can tell watching the prequels, George didn't want to make movies. He wanted to make cartoons. Yeah. And he's the executive producer on The Clone Wars as opposed to the director. So well, it's I think still he, I think he was kind of almost always more comfortable in a producer role than a director role. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but yeah, so... Um, but yeah, I, Solo, I think it was. I think it performed poorly. I mean, it was a perfect storm. And there was a That's lot of this. bad PR with the director replacement. Um, as much as people love Han Solo, I'm not convinced people wanted to see another actor play him. Um, and I, I just don't think there was demand for a Solo movie, really. And, you know, it kind of shows, you know. Um, and then, yeah, the the world isn't done yelling at each other over The Last Jedi, you know. I mean, it's only been a few months. And then on top of that, I mean, the week before that, you had Deadpool 2, but right before that, you had Infinity War. Uh, I mean, geez, I mean, people can only go out to see, go out to the movies so much. <laughs> well, think of it this way. You, they want to, if you look at it like Marvel, you've got your, your big names, you've got your Iron Man, you've got Captain America, you've got Thor... You're not going to make Deadpool in that first wave. Yeah. You're going to try to do something that's a safe bet. I think what they're trying to do is, oh, it's summer movie season. Everybody likes Han Solo, right? Uh, he, his background, we, all we have to do is give, give fans a checkbox list of everything that's going to happen in Han Solo's life. We just got to show it on screen. He gets, you know, meet Chewbacca, meet Lando, get the Millennium Falcon, do the Kessel Run. <laughs> that's it. That's the, there, there. And not in that order, but that's... It's almost like, I don't know, um, I know that we're, we're pretty much cool with Legendary Pictures Godzilla, but that kind of was a checkbox thing in certain ways mm-hmm. of like, well, what does a Godzilla movie have to have? Well, he's got to fight a monster. Well, he's got to show up, you know, uh, I mean, to be honest, it actually didn't check every box. It's got to not be so. 1998. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's like the first box. Um, um but yeah. But so Star Wars, we're in a Godzilla podcast. Um Star Wars is no stranger to uh you know, a decent amount of giant monsters. Um we have the Rancor, of course, uh brought to life with a puppet and I think originally was a guy in a suit, I believe. It was yeah, there's a production photo of Phil Tippett, the uh, special effects guy wearing cuz they they'd hoped to make the best Godzilla suit of all time I think is what what George Lucas called it um and they realized they could because of the design of the creature they couldn't execute it in like in suitmation so they went for the the super slow motion hand puppet yeah um which is a cool puppet I've always liked the Rancor he's cool 
I yeah. dig them. Um, I keep them as a pet. I have a feeling whoever designed Orga was also a fan of the Rancor. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the most prominent giant monster in the Star Wars movies. Uh, you know, you get little things here and there, like, what's that big fish eel thing in The Phantom Menace? Well, it's always a bigger fish. Um, yeah, I think its name is the big fish eel thing that's always a bigger fish. Oh, you know that thing has a name and a backstory where there's yeah, I'm sure some does, novel but... about, you know, it fought in the battle of some bullshit. <laughs> Um, I'm, gonna, I'm asking the internet, but um, uh, Colo Claw Fish. Oh, see, there you go. Um, and I saw there's a giant octopus thing in Solo. Apparently, yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's big tentacled squiggly thing in space. Oh, and then in Empire, they go into the the belly of that like big penis looking thing in the middle of the asteroid or whatever. Yep. Um, but. Uh, for those hardcores out there who are into the cartoons, the animated series, the expanded universe, um, there is. We are going to talk about the Zillow Beast of Clone Wars. But first, um, we we so Clone Wars uh, is between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And it is the actual Clone Wars, so if you saw Attack of the Clones and were like, where are the clones when they're attacking? Uh, basically, the clones are the stormtroopers, and they are part of the um, the Republic. Uh, but then it turns out in Revenge of the Sith that that dastardly Emperor Palpatine has programmed them all to, uh, at the Order 66, to turn and kill all the Jedi, and essentially that would uh, lead to the Empire taking over the galaxy. Um, I, I actually have to correct you. They uh, are not stormtroopers. Well, they're clone the clones, troopers. Yeah, but they don't become stormtroopers. That's that's different. The clone troopers are all wiped out. Uh, man, what's the difference besides what they call what they're called in their armor? One or one are actually are. Here's the thing. This is all right. The, Here's where I get to, to the, the portion where I'll earn back some of my virginity. Um, <laughs> the, the clones are, are the stand-ins for, think of it, like World War II soldiers. That's, kind, that's the obvious parallel they're trying to draw with a lot of this. They're, they're clones, but they have unique personalities. They're, they're fighting for what is, in theory, a good cause. Um, the stormtroopers are space Nazis. They're just foot soldiers for the Empire. Um, the context of the, the the weird thing is the Clone Wars is the centerpiece of the entire pre-original trilogy thing. So the prequel movies kind of have all of the stuff that sets up the events of the Clone Wars and then the finality of the Clone Wars. That's what's kind of weird about it is he put all of the 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 the, the juicy stuff into the cartoon and all of the meetings into the movies. Yeah, what the hell? I don't know. It's it's the most bizarre thing in the world, but you know, the Clone Wars movies is awful. I just don't even all you need to know is Anakin has a Padawan. Yeah, that's I watched he, it. It was that's bad. It. It's awful. Um but the series is like every season gets better and better and it has a lot of really interesting themes and 
Yeah, so I was originally just going to watch these two episodes, but your praise of the series got me into it. So I started with the movie, which was awful, and you're like, no, 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 just keep watching. And then, yeah, I was surprised. I've only watched the first two seasons, and Lord Lord knows when I'll get to the rest of them, or when I'll get to Rebels. But, um, yeah, I was surprised at how good they were. Um, they didn't really seem to dumb down the political intrigue stuff from the prequels too much, and, um, a lot of people die, which is unusual for, you know, a Saturday morning cartoon, um... And you only got to the lighter seasons. It gets darker and darker and darker every season. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Um... But yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. And like you said, the writing was just solid. Um, if I have a gripe about it, you know, they're long seasons, and like any show with a 20-some episode seasons, there's, you know, some episodes that are just filler. But some of those are really good, like, um, uh, you know, uh, Lucas being a fan of Kurosawa, um, he did a, an episode that was a, a remake of Stray Dog, uh, Seven Samurai, Kagemusha, you know, and those are those are cool to see too. Um, so, um, before we get into Clone Wars, Matt, you've been very quiet. Is it because you just have nothing to say about the wars? And I know nothing about the wars. You don't. What's your favorite movie? Oh man, probably New Hope. Okay. Can you give I mean, me like a top three? See, he can't, he can't rank, even be doing that, man. I mean, like, I know the, the prequels suck, so... Do you like any of have, the prequels? Do I like any of the prequels? Nah. No, oh, really. I like Sith. It's fine, but that doesn't constitute <laughs> like, does it? Well, no. All right. Like I said, it's murky. It's very murky when it comes to, to one and three. Yeah. Man, see, man, you're. this is why I had to bring Chris in, because... Dude, well, I mean, that's exactly right. I'm not, I'm not denying it. I mean, um, all right. So uh, let's let's get into Clone Wars. So, um, so uh, I guess, yeah, Lucas is the 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 big man uh, in charge. Which again, like that's why he has all these Kurosawa tributes and that stuff's really cool. But uh, as the main, um, you know, writer, uh, director. Um, the guy he's trusting with the show is the showrunner is a guy named Dave Filoni. Now, what's important to know about this gentleman is he is a huge, huge Godzilla fan. Um, and Lu- George Lucas knew that, and, you know, Lucas is familiar with those movies from his childhood, and he knew Filoni was a big fan of uh, kaiju movies, and he said, hey, you like these? Let's, let's do one of those for Clone Wars. And that's where they came up with the Zillow Beast storyline um and uh dave filoni he was interviewed on kaiju cast by kyle yount um he uh has been to g fest um is a fan you know uh i in he on that podcast he was saying in college you know him and his dad went to one of the first g fests um he handmade his own full-size mecha godzilla suit which is actually pretty cool looking um he Ended up having to throw the body away, you know, for, you know, not, lack of storage and uh, stuff like that. But he still has the head. It's really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, his favorite movie is Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, so much that he collects almost any kind of merchandise for relating to that movie. Um, 
he said that uh, unlike a lot of collectors, uh, something to that cut to kind of like slow him down, you know, is instead of buying everything, limit the obsession to one movie. So it was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. So he'll just buy you know all the Mechagodzilla and Godzilla and King Caesar figures and stuff. Um, Matt, have you thought about that strategy, like just limiting your collectibles to one movie to keep you from going insane? Well, I think that doesn't really help because I, you underestimate the amount of collectibles there are. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. Now it's like there's a million companies, and they're always yeah. I, I kind of I kind of have a general rule for the most part now that like the stuff that I'm gonna eventually buy, it it has to like meet specific parameters to keep me from getting divorced and uh, spending <laughs> too much money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was an interesting approach. But yeah, then he was like, well, I made that decision before like NECA and X plus were just started going insane. And there's like, a, you know, you got to get like every different repaint of a certain Godzilla or whatever. Yeah. That's the problem <laughs> with like, I have a buddy, I have a buddy, uh, Dell and he loves Mecha Godzilla and he, ha- I don't know how many he has, but he's got several and I'm sure he would tell you like, that's not even, the tip of the iceberg there's so many manufacturers of that stuff and then like each manufacturer has a gazillion paint variations and you could go crazy just collecting mecha godzilla figures if you really wanted to yeah yeah no it's crazy um but yeah we were talking to chris and um i mean myself being a star wars geek i was like okay you know he says this is good so i'll just go at it and i just built my way up to these episodes which are towards the end of season two and they are, um, I think, episodes 19 and 20, or it might be 18 and 19. Um, okay, yes, yeah, 18 and 19. 18 is the Zillow Beast, 19 is the Zillow Beast Strikes Back. Um, so, does anyone want to volunteer a synopsis, or should I keep yapping? I will not volunteer. I will volunteer Chris's tribute. (laughs) This is fair. I will accept this responsibility, and I may need help, but I'll do my best. Uh, We learned very quickly in the the Battle in Outer Space synopsis that I am not good at synopsis. 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 I don't know. Synopsis, I think it sounds so. (laughs) Synopsis? That's terrible. Um, Anyway, so the Zillow Beast. there's this planet, the planet of Malastare, and there's a huge battle going on. And if the Republic loses the battle, they won't have the, they won't be able to make, well, excuse me, the, the species on this planet is the Dugs, and they harvest fuel on this planet. And if the Republic loses this battle, they need, they need this battle to be won because they need a treaty to be signed by the Dugs to get this fuel. So what happens is they can't they're they're outnumbered by the uh the battle droids. So uh Chancellor Palpatine authorizes a new weapon of mass destruction called the Electro Proton Bomb. Uh and they they drop the bomb which wipes out all the battle droids. Everything seems great until a giant sinkhole opens up to a sound effect that sounds like it has the original Godzilla footstep mixed into it. Um, and a rescue team goes into the hole to, to try to save anyone who's in there, any of the, the clone troopers, and they lose contact with the rescue team. Uh, and, uh, of course, what's inside of the hole? The Zillow Beast, which is kind of like a giant tapeworm creature thing. 
Uh, and they, they didn't want it to look like Godzilla because George Lucas wanted to name it Zillow Beast, so they made it look like a giant tapeworm, which doesn't sound very appealing, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, but they find out very quickly that it's uh, they can't penetrate the uh, the skin of the Zillow Beast, the, the, the scales, the whatever. Um, and the, uh, the Dugs are basically like, hey, these things roam the planet. Uh, back in our, the the ancient days, devouring our ancestors, and when we first started harvesting fuel from the planet's core, they were all killed off. Uh, they're supposed to be extinct, and they're not. So the Dugs start to attack the beast while it's in the sinkhole. They tell the the Jedi that it's an internal matter. Uh, Mace Windu uh, argues that it's unique. It's a unique life form. is living peacefully below the surface. The Dugs are like, "Hey, you dropped the bomb, you jerks." The bomb was for your benefit. The fuel was for their benefit. The the ancestors, the Doug ancestors, warned that one day the Zilla Beast would reappear and destroy their civilization, and they won't sign any fuel treaty unless the beast is destroyed. Uh, Palpatine's concerned that concerned with the fuel says to do what the Dugs want, and they decide they suggest using the Zilla Beast's armor for the war to study and make armor from. Uh, for the clone troopers, that would be impenetrable. So uh, the Dugs start dumping fuel into the sinkhole, which killed the Zilla Beast in the past. Uh, and, of course, that just pisses it off. It climbs out of the hole, making things worse. Uh, they use maser cannons to short-circuit the Zillow Beast. The Dugs sign the fuel treaty, and the, the creature now knocked out. They're supposed to be transporting it to an uninhabited planet. And, of course, uh, instead, Palpatine decides to uh, transport it to Coruscant to study for military purposes. Uh, and that's the first episode. So, pretty straightforward kaiju movie just in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into thoughts, or should we uh, do the second episode and then get in, do them together? Yeah, the second episode, there's not much. Uh, well, yeah, the, they, the, the second episode, they... Um, like you said, they transport the the beast away, but he ends up on Coruscant, which is for those not in the know, that is like the capital in Star. It's like Washington D.C. of Star Wars. Um, the whole planet—that's a city. Yes, and anyone that's seen a monster movie knows that shipping a ancient, uh, giant, murderous beast to civilization uh, doesn't end up well. So, um, yeah, he breaks free, starts tearing stuff up, and um, they gotta find a way to um, to stop this this rampaging beast. And um, yeah, it's interesting. We talked about Mace Windu and Palpatine. Um, Palpatine just wants to kill it, uh, see if they can make armor or weapons out of it. Uh, and Mace Windu is really in the uh, Dr. Yamane role of the original Godzilla, you know, hey, this this peaceful thing was just hanging out until you dropped all these bombs and woke it up, and, you know, it's an innocent creature, and it, you know, it, it should be, you know, you can maybe study it, but it should be kept alive. Um, and there's that kind of, you know, that's a trope that shows up in a lot of these movies, but, um, yeah, it's, it's played here um, just with Star Wars characters. Um, and I, I will say, for in relation to how it relates to the rest of the series, I think this is the first... I mean, we know Palpatine becomes the Emperor, but this is the first time, at least in the animated series, that we really kind of do see his more two-faced, conniving side. 
I'm not sure if it's the first time, but it's definitely it. Ha- there's a lot of like really direct lines that are, you know, um, it's a little more straightforward, I guess, in this one. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they eventually defeat it with uh, what? It's like uh, they gas it, right? Yeah, they, they from the planet's fuel, they yeah, make a poisonous they, gas. And, yeah, they gas it to death, and then um, yeah, the body is is taken away, and um, Palpatine, uh, you know, he requests to keep studying the corpse and even clone the the monster. But I, I don't think that that ever came back around, right? Sadly, no, or not yet, because for all we know, I mean, there's another animated series in the works that's taking place. Yeah, right, right. Between after the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, according to Wikipedia, um, they've mentioned you know things made out of his teeth and stuff before, but yeah, nothing really prominent came out of it. Um, now I'd heard about this uh, little two-parter um, probably around the time it was made, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never really checked out the animated series, so I was like, oh, that's cool. They did that and kind of moved on. Um, and then Chris here came up with the the idea, hey, why don't you check this out? It's basically a kaiju movie in Star Wars universe. And, I mean, that's music to my ears. Um, but uh, Matt has been quiet since he's not all so much about the war's life. Uh, so, Matt, coming in as an ins- uh, an outsider, you know, I mean, you've seen the movies and you have a little bit of knowledge of Star Wars and you're you're coming in pretty cold here. Um, what, uh, we'll start with you. What, ex- what, wh- what did you think about the, this little, uh, two part, um, story here? Man, it made me sad. <laughs> uh, I watched it, I watched it with my son, um, who is always interested in stuff that's cartoony. And obviously because this has giant monster, he was more interested. I loved seeing the Mazer tanks. Um, that was pretty neat. I really feel like there are moments when the Zillow beast, like lets out a roar. You can definitely hear basically Godzilla's roar at times. They've, they tried to change it, but like, it's pretty apparent what they're trying to emulate, which was pretty neat. Um, I mean, it's, it's a fun little story. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to like, in the scheme of things be like, Oh, that was really awesome because star Wars isn't something that I'm super passionate about, but I, I do like, we have a list of trivia later on and the things that they did are pretty neat. I will say mm-hmm. poor monster though, man. <laughs> well, yeah, like any good, uh, Kaiju, uh, story, you know, it can't, it can't, uh, can't have a, a happy ending. You know that. That's, that's correct. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Matt, um, because yeah. the, as part of the Star Wars universe, it's just a standalone thing that has no bearing on any overall plot. Um, did you pick up on any of the subtle political things that were kind of peppered throughout it at all? I mean, like, there's obvious some stuff going on in the background, but, like, I wasn't really trying to watch it for that reason. What I was trying to do was just focus in on some of the stuff pertaining to the monster, like, you know, the obvious, the, the Mazer tanks and... and there, there's a couple, like, um, they have basically helmets that have, like, some monster stuff on them, which is pretty cool for some two of the, the clone troopers. Stuff like that, I was looking more for those kinds of things. I wasn't really paying attention to all the inner workings of the of the episode beyond that. Sure. I mean, the, the reason I ask is just because that was something that I thought was kind of cool, was that he actually made it like a kaiju movie, where there is a little bit more... It's a little. There's always a little bit more about it, and I think the way that 
Star Wars tackles politics in the Clone Wars is kind of interesting, or even in, in some of the newer movies, is because it teaches kids about politics in some weird, subtle way, where, you know, they're, they're trying to continue a war, and they have to make a deal with the, this planet for fuel, and it's like, well, that is a situation that in the real world uh, kind of happens. And when you think of what kaiju often are is some sort of physical manifestation of an issue. So you think about that. It's like, oh, this is this makes sense. This is classic kaiju stuff. Um, you know, they even say that we hope your bomb has not upset the delicate balance of our planet. It's like these are all kind of by numbers how kaiju films work. And there is a little bit there always has to be some sort of metaphor in there. Yeah, I mean, that's a f- felt fairly in your face i mean include like the first episode is basically godzilla as bird kind of talks about like there, there's a there's a clear sequence of things that happen and there's debate about those things like there, there, that stuff's pretty I, I felt fairly like in your face i didn't think it was very nuanced per se i mean like they have some debate about what to do how they're going to do it and then you find out oh well they're they're making this deal but this person who's making the deal is kind of also a villain Th- those kinds of things are definitely prevalent i think what i enjoyed about it the most is um, the obvious homages to Godzilla, and then obviously the second episode is basically King Kong, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, my impression—I wasn't going in as cold because I mean, I felt like you know, as a Star Wars fan, and I'm being told by multiple people, not just Chris, like, "Hey, you should actually actually check out the animated stuff." I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll I'll get in there." And so I I, I just watched the series up to that point um, until I mean, you know, I plan on continuing i don't know if you know as time permits but um but uh yeah i mean i kind of already talked about how the show kind of disarmed my expectations with just how um you know it was just a lot smarter than i was expecting and a lot smarter than the prequels to be honest um and yeah when when i got to this you know at, at that point i'd built up all this anticipation to get to this um, arc, and, you know, it's not like I was expecting anything world-changing, but I, I was like, you know, I, I was excited, and, um, it, it really delivered on what I wanted out of it, which was a Godzilla movie stuck in the Star Wars universe, and, um, yeah, I mean, the, the parallels to Gojira in the first episode are very apparent with, the you know, the debate about the creature, you know, with the bomb, um, waking it up and everything like that. And then, yeah, the second episode is King Kong, you know, and right there you have the two greatest giant monster stories ever told, um, getting a nice tribute with, you know, characters that you like from, you know, the Star Wars universe. And I think that's really what you should expect. I mean, it's a Saturday morning cartoon and, you know, so it's not... You know, it's not a you know this deep, profound you know art film or anything, but it's 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 a good time, and I think kaiju fans will really enjoy it, especially if they're Star Wars fans. Um, and uh, uh, how do how how do you guys feel about the actual design of the monster? I I did like that. You know, it's like okay, we're already calling it Zillow. You know, it, if it looks like Godzilla, that's a little too obvious. How do you actually feel about the the design of that? particular monster kind of bizarre and otherworldly but probably fitting for the tv show in many respects like it's not it's not you know saurian 
in any respect. It's yeah, just it's a, like it's. A, I like it. It's a weird design, and this is also kind of. Um, I know we talked about the the Godzilla anime. It's like, well, why don't they take more advantage of the medium? Um, and that's also something I kind of praised uh, Devil Man Crybaby for was just how out there they could get with the creatures in animation. I don't I don't think you could do this character justice in live action, and I that I actually like that about it quite a bit. I think yeah. I, I I like it, but it also looks kind of goofy. I mean, yeah, um, it does. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like there's. There's some cool things about it, but like overall, it's kind of yeah. like it's it's a little silly. But well, I guess the best way I could put it is it's it's a little silly, but I admire the creativity that went into it. Yeah, it doesn't look like a kaiju. Yeah, it, it doesn't have that look. Yeah, it's uh, it's an original looking design, and you know that's good. It just happens to be kind of silly sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you you recommended this. I thought it was a good time, and uh, you you can really tell the people that made this know their their kaiju, and you know that's always you know that's always uh, humbling to see, um, especially when there's nods to you know show us stuff and things like that in there. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, this is the first time like you, I at least for me, yeah, I really walked away like man. Palpatine, he's he's something else. <laughs> he's a douchebag. Especially the way that there's that <laughs> there's that uh, that scientist that that's like a a talking fish. <laughs> Doctor Bowl, I think her name. Yeah, Dr. yeah. Bull. He just abuses this poor woman and just makes her do things that she's just like that's terrible. And he's like, "Well, do it, or essentially, I'll kill you." No, she said, "Do it, or I'll find someone who will." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, man, he's 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 an ass. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the show. I think the voice work is really good. Um, uh, you know, and uh, you know, yeah, a lot of these guys are doing kind of imitations of the actors, but they're really good ones, you know. And if you want to be consistent with the movies, if you want to be canon, as they say, that's kind of what you got to do. Um, oh, and one note on the voice acting, which is completely irrelevant from this, but in Star Wars Rebels, there is a giant creature called the Bendu that is voiced in the Japanese version by Akira Takarada. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a few Godzilla connections, like um, well, obvi- like an obvious one is Gareth Edwards uh, directing Rogue One, at least until someone refilmed it. Um, uh, and supposedly on the cave paintings in there, there's Godzilla and the creature from Monsters, but I don't know if that made it in the actual movie. And then also, uh, we should point out that the animation, um, you had some animation work by Polygon Pictures, who were behind the Godzilla anime, um, and uh, didn't do as good. <laughs> um but yeah, that's that's cool about Akira Takarada. I remember hearing that a while ago, um, probably around the time that you know he started doing it. And um, yeah, no, it's it's fun stuff. And um, yeah, if you like Star Wars, I would honestly say not only check out this uh, little two-parter here, but also like you'd be surprised at how decent the the animated shows uh, actually are. I know I was. Um, caught off guard by it, you know. I, 
especially after just how dumb the prequels were. It was actually kind of refreshing. In a way, the animated series feels more like Star Wars than some of those prequel films. Uh, Matt, uh, you have anything you want to add? I mean, not, we covered most of it. There's a couple pieces of trivia that we'll have to cover, yeah. I think. Would you recommend, like, you know, that people check this out? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're a fan of Star Wars, there's definitely... I mean, I've heard nothing but glowing things from people in my Facebook feed who are Star Wars fans about the show, and if you love monsters, like, yeah, check it out. Although, like, no going in, the monster is a bit kind of doofy, but the, the homages are, are definitely there, and they went to great lengths to include other references to the stuff that we love. So I think it's worthy of a watch and it takes, you know, what, 40 minutes to watch through. So, yeah. Yeah. Chris, now you've watched, uh, all of this. I think, did you watch all of rebels yet? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, obviously this isn't, is, you know, one of the more minor storylines, but, um, yeah. I mean, how does this stack up with the rest of, of the series? I mean, as far as, like, quality of episode, I mean, this isn't one of the better ones, I think. I think it's it's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the heights the series reaches, it takes... A lot of it comes from slow story building, where they'll have, uh, like, a three, four-episode arc in, say, season two or three. Then it will continue and in a couple in a season or two with another arc and, and so on and so forth. A lot of the best stuff in the series comes from the actual hard plot stuff. But as far as, like, you know, the weekly Saturday morning cartoon sort of thing, it's a fun ride. It's not one of the best, not one of the worst. It just kind of sits somewhere in the middle. It's weird to give this a rating, but I feel like it's kind of what we do. <laughs> um, how many, uh, oh, geez, uh, how many berated fish scientists do you give this out of five? I think it's a three. Like, I'm kind of in the middle on it for, for a lot of reasons, but I think it's also worthy of a watch. I'll go with three. Okay. I'll go with three, too. I think it's a damn good time, and uh, if you love these two franchises, I think it it goes together surprisingly well. You know, it's interesting to see the Star Wars version of a kaiju uh, story. And, um, yeah, I think they pulled it off, and... Uh, they definitely know know their stuff um and uh yeah i mean i from what i understand dave filoni really um is kind of a really good go-to guy t- for star wars stuff it would be interesting if he ever got into the feature film uh uh part of the franchise um i know a lot of fans seem to kind of like think he's the guy to to hand off some of these stories to and maybe he is um he definitely seems like he's got the talent and the the background and matt uh since you're I... since you're not you know uh you don't have much to say about star wars so you've been a little a little on the quieter side why don't you run us through some trivia we talked about um, the Mazer Cannons, but the the weapons that they use initially to battle the Zillow Beast in the first episode, they're obvious nods to the Mazer Tanks. I mean, it's clear as day. When you see them for yourself, you'd be like, oh, I know what that is. Um, the logo on the chest of the uh, droid general at the beginning of the first film is actually the Oxygen Destroyer, which is pretty cool. Um, two of the clone troopers in the beginning of the episode are named Goji, after obviously Godzilla, and 
Broad Road. I'm not sure how they say that, but it's after Rodan. And the art on their helmets actually reflects that of the monsters, which is, I thought, pretty neat. Um, we mentioned this kind of at length, but the first episode is, uh, is an obvious homage to Godzilla. You have the bomb awakening, you have the Mazer tanks, debate to kill the monster, study the monster. And the second episode is obviously in reference to King Kong. Um, with the Zillow beast being taken back to civilization and then going on a rampage. And then, and this is pretty cool. You can find these all over the place online, but uh, the, the poster for these episodes is done in the style of the Showa Toho movie posters. Yeah, you can, um, like Matt said, it's all over the place online, but uh, I think you can buy them too. Um, I know Kyle from Kaiju Cast said that. Um, he has it hanging up in his place, but, uh, but yeah, it's cool. And yeah, they really kind of. Um, uh, did a good job of mocking the, you know, the layout of those old posters. I guess we should assume, since nobody saw Solo, that no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> but I'll <laughs> put they, it out anyway. Do they listen to us anyway? Oh, well, hey, maybe that's why Solo bombed, because our tie-in episode uh, didn't come out before the movie. Yeah, all, all 12 people that we have influence over, we're going to, they're like, ah, we don't, we don't need to see Solo now. It's just a theory, you know, I, I bet if this came out sooner, it would have pumped people up for Solo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks again. <laughs> it's a pleasure as always. Yeah, it was, thank that, you for having yeah, me. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you for uh, for joining us, and thank you. This was a great idea. It's, it's, it's uh, fun to, you know, kind of do a little diversion from the norm every now and then. And it was a good time. Well, the the influence of the stuff is I think more widespread than a lot of fans want to admit, and I think it's kind of cool to see that the the large the biggest franchise in the world uh, ever, you know, made a a heartfelt tribute to something that they love. Much like most fans, if they were in that position, would want to do themselves. Yeah, agreed. I guess uh, that wraps it up for this evening. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, we will uh, catch you next time. Peace. Later. So long.